Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Catelyn Chapter 5 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. And before we get started, I want to introduce our two very special guests that we have today. Gabby is out of town for the next couple weeks, so we asked Emily and Christian to join us. Emily is my younger sister and Christian is her boyfriend, so thank you for joining us today. Hello, thanks for having us. Hey guys. So, uh, we like to ask our guests a couple questions before we get into the chapter. So, first one, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, I'm Emily. As we said, I'm Olivia's sister, younger sister, and um, I'm a physical therapist, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, I'm Christian. Uh, I am currently in school, uh, finishing up my degree. All right. And then, what is your favorite character? If it's someone we haven't met yet, that's okay, but... I'd like to say Jon Snow, um, just because he goes through a lot of um, judgment. He's an outcast, and he kind of rises above it, and I think it's kind of easy to relate to him. For sure, for sure. I would have to say Ghost, because I love dogs. Hell yeah. And that is a beautiful, beautiful dog. That is Bella's favorite, too. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then what's your favorite house? Um, I'm going to say the obvious and say House Stark. I just love the family. I love Ned. I love Catelyn. Just yep. great, great family. <laughs> They're just a great family. They're a great family. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to agree with Emily, uh, only because I love the dogs, and they have yes, plenty of dogs. They have plenty of <laughs> wolves and dogs, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the news that we have today, uh, it's not much of news, but more of like kind of like a dream article that people are coming out with because obviously so the announcement um, of Duncan Egg, uh, which is the novellas from George R. R. Martin, uh, fans cited do an article about, uh, did an article about, excuse me, um, about like, their dream casting, what they think Duncan Egg will be about. Um, and I'm just going to, I mean, we'll put post the article for you guys to read it, but <clears throat> I just want to post the beginning part because it kind of goes along with what we've said about Duncan Egg so far. So, they say that it's a logical next step for the series as it is supposed to be before Game of Thrones, and it follows um, a lot of the same storyline, but it's on the side. Um, So, one of the most important things is that the story is told through the eyes of a stalwart knight named Sir Duncan, and Sir Duncan the Tall, excuse me, and his squire Egg, who's actually a Targaryen prince. Isn't it Eggard? Eggard, yeah. And he's the Targaryen prince. Um, so this is just one of the three novellas that's been written. Mm. Um, but they say that it, it really does follow a logical next step for it, even though they talk a little bit about how, you know, just what you talked about, a little bit concerned about how George R. R. Martin's taking on these other projects and not finishing mm-hmm. the actual Winds of Winter book that we've been talking about. Um, but... You know, they. I'm not going to talk. Go into their dream of what they want it to be, but it's pretty interesting. So, hope you guys like. Uh, you know, go ahead check out the article. I think it's interesting. I mean, you could dreamcast any of the you know Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> what you want it to be. Um, so this is just a, a, a kind of a fan's view of how they want it to go. Nice. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah. I'm I'm more excited for. I'm excited to see it. 
I'm excited to see it. I'm more excited for House of the Dragon yeah. to start. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to take it from a different perspective as well. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, check out the article. Uh, speaking of other projects that Martin has worked on, uh, he has another one. So on his blog, he said that one Wait, of his... Wait, another one? Yeah, another one. Oh not Not Game of Thrones. This is not about Game of Thrones. Is it's it about, about one of his earlier novels that he w- wrote. Like a different fantasy story. And aside from the other fantasy story that he's working on as well. Yeah. So it says that one of Martin's earlier fantasy stories will be coming to the big screen. It's called In the Lost Lands. And it was the first in a series of novels about a woman named Grey Alice. Martin said he planned on writing more in this series, but only ever wrote one. Martin says that Grey Alice is an enigmatic sorceress who would sell you anything you might desire, though her customers soon learn that you buy from her at your peril. Hmm. Um, Paul W.S. Anderson will be directing the movie. He's directed films such as Monster Hunt, Pompeii, and the Resident Evil movies. And the star of the show is Mila Jovovich. She will star as Grey Alice. You will recognize Mila Jovovich from things such as Zoolander, Resident Evil, Evil, and Hellboy. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. And David Bautista will also be in this. Oh, and he love. will be playing Boyce, who leads Grey Alice into the Lost Lands. Love Bautista. Yes. He's very good. Um, you'd recognize Bautista as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Uh, and then he ends his blog post by saying that if the film is a big hit, he might write more Grey Alice books. Because he said in there, like, he's really he really wanted to get in there. He had plans for, like, two or three more. Mm-hmm. So he said if this movie's a hit, maybe he'll write more of her story. But hopefully wins a winter first. Fingers crossed. That is always the hope. So it's not really, like, another project that's more of... I yeah I don't know that's a good point I don't know how much he's gonna be working on it like he if wrote just, the book he wrote the book but I don't know if he's gonna be a writer on the movie or not yeah it just sounds like this director picked up the story and wanted to make a movie so but I think in George R. R. Martin fashion I think that he'll probably try to oh, be a sure. writer on it <laughs> for sure or at least like a producer or something don't don't mess up my story man. no. <laughs> Last episode, Ned traveled outside of the Red Keep to the Armory where he met Gendry, who we learned is the King's Bastard. John had John Aaron had been talking to Gendry for days before his death, and the chapter left us with a question. What did John Aaron want with the King's Bastard? Today, however, Catelyn is continuing her journey to Winterfell, as Ned instructed her to do. Roderick and Cat stop at an inn for the night um, that has some sentimental value uh, to Catelyn. Um, and an unexpected guest arrives, and Catelyn makes a bold and very powerful move. Ooh. Ooh. But the wine we're drinking today is called Scarlet Path. It's a Zinfandel. 2017, too. It's from 2017, which was a better year than 2020. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it's from California. Ooh. I like the bottle, too, because it's velvet. It's velvet. And I think Scarlet Path, we're talking about... Um, Catelyn's path that she's going down right now. She's about to choose something big. So See, it's all connected. Alright, while you're pouring, I'm going to read our seventh wine rule from um, John Bonet's book, The New Wine Rules. So, it says you can have all the corkscrew you need for less than $10. 
The author suggests using something called the Waiter's Friend and says it's the only corkscrew you'll ever need and you can usually get it for $10 or less. He does say that he cannot stand winged corkscrews because they're unstable and require a lot more fiddling and more effort to pull the cork out. He said if you want to be a pro, he suggests an also. I have never heard of this before. Have you guys heard of this? An also? A-so. He said it's a double pronged and it's double pronged and good for old and brittle cork. Yes. You so, have? Yes. So what that does is it gives two levels of pressure to push out instead of one firm push. Okay. And so there's less chance of the cork breaking. Yeah. So he like even said he even said in here that it says you insert it on either side of the cork and it helps actually hold the cork together as you pull it out. I've never heard of that before. Christian really cool. failed to mention he was a bartender. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I did not know the name of it, but I knew that. Well, now you know. It's A-so. <laughs> awesome. And he said, if you want something even better, he suggests getting a Durand, which combines the best parts of a corkscrew and an also to get fragile corks out intact. Um, I'm going to post pictures of these types for you guys when I post the rule next Wednesday, because they do look... Um, very different from each other. So, yeah, that was our cool. rule. Very cool. All right, are we ready? Let's get into it. Okay. So, as Chris said, Catelyn is traveling north to Winterfell. She is coming from King's Landing, where she saw Peter Baelish and Ned, and discussed the dagger that was used to um, attempt to kill Bran. Ned has agreed to do some digging around the passing of Lord Aaron, and said Catelyn and sent Catelyn back to Winterfell with Sir Roderick. During their travels, it begins to rain, and Catelyn comments on how the southern rain was so warm compared to Winterfell, where everything was cold. The warm rain reminded her of her childhood home in River Run, and she said that um, Winterfell rains were cold and hard and sometimes turned into ice. So, oof. Yeah, we know that in Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like. For sure. Every winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Roderick says he is completely soaked and suggests that they have a fire and a hot meal tonight before they continue on their journey. Catelyn says that there is an inn at the crossroads up ahead that she used to stop at when she would travel when she was younger. And she even remembers the innkeeper's name, Masha Heddle. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but... That's how I would pronounce it. Yeah. So, Masha Heddle is a fat woman with red teeth due to chewing sour leaf all day and night long. I had to look up what sour leaf was because I didn't know. Um, it is a foul-tasting plant that leaves are chewed in a similar fashion to chewing tobacco. It is generally transported in bales, um, and chewing it causes a pinkish froth to form on the lips, and later unwanted juices are spat out. So pretty much like tobacco. It's chewy tobacco. <laughs> chewy tobacco. <laughs> it's tobacco. Um, chewing sour leaf stains their mouth and turns their teeth blood red, causing people who chew sour leaf to exhibit a quote unquote red smile. Um, Sansa, I'm not, I'm sorry, not Sansa. Catelyn Stark considered Masha Heddle's smile a bloody horror. And it also says that chewing sour leaf can dull pain. At least there's one positive. So there you go. Numbness. And she also said that um, Masha Heddle always had an endless supply of sweet cakes for the children, soaked in honey, making them rich and heavy on the tongue. We have talked about honey cakes and Catelyn before. We know that Catelyn has a sweet tooth. Yeah. So I'm assuming... So does Sansa. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I'm assuming this is where Catelyn got it from because she... Went there. Went there as a kid all the time. Ah. Yeah. Connection. Endless Connections. supply. Endless <laughs> supply of sweets. Sir Roderick is a bit uneasy about this suggestion and suggests that they seek out a small holdfast instead of the inn so that they can remain unknown as they travel. They all of a sudden heard a sound up on the roof, on the road. Um, they heard the clink of mail and a horse's whinny. They followed the sounds around the bend and saw a column of large armed men that were trying to cross a swollen stream. Um, Catelyn reined up to let them pass. Sir Roderick recognized the banner they carried, um, which was indigo with silver eagles. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said something. I'm sorry. I did not. <laughs> I heard no. you like laugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... He states that these men are Malisters who happen to be bannermen for the Tullys, mm-hmm. Catelyn's father. Roderick says that it was a good idea for Cat to put up her hood, but Catelyn did not move or put up her hood up. Lord Malister was leading this group, and she figured they were riding for. She figured that this group was riding for King's Landing for the Hand's Tourney, which we have discussed in a couple episodes past. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. The group rode right past her and did not recognize her at all. It's a bold move of her, though. Yeah. I'm not even going to put my hood up. She's, yeah. Well, it seems more suspicious to have a hood up. Right. I agree with that, Traveling. too. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. Just with like, that. But why wouldn't she want them to recognize her? Well, she's hiding, remember? She's, oh, yeah. yeah. People aren't supposed to know that she's she was in King's Landing. Yeah. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is also why. So... She was trying to prove a point to Roderick and be like, look, no one's going to recognize us, mm-hmm. even if my hood's down. Like, we'll be fine going to this inn. Just trust me. So she goes, so Roderick says, he didn't know you. And then Catelyn goes, he saw a pair of mud-sputtered travelers by the side of the road, wet and tired. It would never occur to him to suspect that one of them was the daughter of his liege lord. I think we shall be safe enough at the inn, Sir Roderick. So it was kind of like a... Like, look. Proving a point. Yeah, proving a point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, It was almost dark by the time that they reached the inn. And when they did reach the inn, they were greeted by Masha Heddle, who was fatter and older than Callan had remembered. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as she got there, Masha Heddle said, two rooms at the top of the stairs. That's all there is. They're under the bell tower. You You won't be missing any meals, though. There's something's it too noisy. Can't be helped. We're full up or near as makes no matter. It... It's those rooms or the road. So, well, straight to the point. I guess it's yeah. going to be those rooms. It's going to be those yeah. or nothing. <laughs> uh, she told them to leave their boots downstairs and her helper... Helper... Ro- oh my goodness, I can't say that. <laughs> she told them to leave their boots downstairs and her helper will clean them because she doesn't want mud tracked up the stairs. And then she said, those who came late for meals do not eat. And with that, Kat and Roderick went upstairs to their rooms for freshening up. So after they changed into dry clothes, Catelyn thinks that they could go west to River Run, where she could get advice from her father, who had not been well lately. Or she could go east to see her sister Liza, who could provide her with some counsel. But the roads across the mountain were too dangerous. So from there, she starts saying there's shadow cats prowling, rock slides, um, mountain clans which she describes as lawless brigands, which are essentially pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get into what shadow cats are, uh, if you just think of a tiger, mm-hmm. um, they're like large white tigers. They're 
claws are so sharp, um, and they can disembowel a man with one paw. Um, Jeez. So they're not very kind. They're very <laughs> silent. No, no, I wouldn't say they're kind. <laughs> no, no. They're not the nice Kitty. kitties. Um, they're sil- silent and agile hunters. Um, but actually, shadow cats tend not to attack living men unless they're starved. And mm. she said that these were present in the mountains? In the mountains, okay. yeah. Uh, if she were to go if she were see going, these people. Yeah, if she went to go see uh, her sister, it would gotcha. have been a mess all around. Gotcha. So with all that lurking in her mind, uh, she looks at Roderick and says, Nope, no can do. No way, you. sir. <laughs> um, one elderly knight armored in loyalty is not enough. Yeah, um, not so worth it. Uh, she uh, decides to stay in the end. Um, and her sons were also waiting for her in Winterfell, so she felt that was more of a priority. She um, has a duty to fulfill. She has a duty to fulfill. Um, but she still thinks about it, uh, and she could see the land clear enough in her memory um, so she could get there. She also starts listing out people she knew who were the bannermen of the Tollies. Their swords were sworn in the service of River Run, which means they owed River Run. Mm-hmm. They were all in Like they had to, to come when they called yeah. for help. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, um, yep, yep. But that doesn't necessarily mean they would. Right. No. Um, but they need, they should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wonders if A, they would be enough if it came to war, or if they would even come. Yeah. Um, for example, she names a few the Dairies, the Rigers, uh, the Mutons. We did talk about the Dairies a little bit. Mm, I remember that. They were the ones that... They fought with the Targaryens on the yeah. rules. And they were where Ned went when Arya was found after she ran away. Mm. After um, Nymeria bit Joffrey. Right. And that's a little bit of the issue, though. These clans fought against the Targaryens, mm-hmm. so calling them to aid might not work so well. Right, yeah. right. Um, and then there was also Lord Frey. This guy, yeah, um, who arrived who arrived late in the battle uh, against the Targaryens, and after the battle was over, um, there was some doubt as to which army he was going to actually join. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, it seems like he saw the winning side and chose that one. Um, but since then, uh, Catelyn, yeah, really convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, Catelyn's father called him Late Lord Frey. Mm. It's a bit sus. Yeah. Sus. So. We so added that just for you guys. We love like, it. We like it. Again, taking this all into account, Catelyn's thinking is it must not come to war. Uh, they must not let it. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly got some trust issues with the uh, clans of River Run. Yeah. So just to summarize, she's thinking like this can't come to war, meaning like the stuff that her and Ned are investigating, correct? Yes. And okay. Bran... All that stuff. Right. To yeah. unseat uh, the Lannisters, right. she has to do it through right. political means, not yeah. warfare. So that's probably another reason why Roderick wanted her to be more undercover than she is. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's such a fragile thing. Yep. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Anyways, go ahead. <clears throat> um, okay, so she's clearly got some trust issues there. Um, but Sir Roderick interrupts her thoughts saying that they should get going, my lady. Uh, but she quickly tells him they should probably stay unnoticed and just be common travelers, pretending to be father and daughter. Um, so they go to the inn to eat. It was really busy with a lot of hard-bitten swords, which are just mercenaries. Um, they're independent. They sell their services with a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but the company included more swords than Catelyn would have liked. She was a little uneasy. Um, she does recognize some sigils of the house Frey and Brackens, 
but she saw that they were much too young to have known her. She noted that the oldest was probably no older than Bran, which is actually pretty young. Because right? Bran right now, Bran? he's like seven or eight. He's eight. He just turned eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these are all people in the inn. Yeah. yeah. Drinking. Right. Yep. With swords okay. and With armor swords. and all that. Right. Yeah. Right. These are children. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my lanta. <laughs> um, okay, so then Sir Roderick finds them an empty table across from an annoying kid. I love this. He's <laughs> a singer, and he just basically keeps asking them questions. Um, Catelyn answers the safest one, just saying they left King's Landing a fortnight ago. Turns out that's where the singer is headed. Um, she notes he was more interested in telling his own story than in hearing theirs. I have a feeling... Wouldn't they think that that's a little suspicious because everyone's traveling to King's Landing for the tourney, yeah. but they have just left. That's a good point. That's true. She just left there, and she's going the opposite way, so people are like, what? You should be going that way, not that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, luckily, he's more interested in his own thing than yeah, that's but true. I agree. I think he's more interested in her as herself, yes. not as yeah, a yeah. political figure. But I'm just saying, like, that was kind of stupid of Callan to answer that. Like, it's a good point. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just giving her away. Just a side away. thought. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, so then this singer identifies himself as Marillion. He goes, Doubtless you've heard me play somewhere. Um, because everyone needs to know who he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it made Catelyn smile. She says it's rare to see wandering singers in Winterfell, but she knew his like from her girlhood in River Run, so it probably reminded her of her childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, no, she's never heard of him, and he says, that's your loss. <laughs> Which I just, I love his confidence. <laughs> I love this whole interaction because he is absolutely hitting on her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gets even more obvious, too. And isn't he, like, a kid? Yeah. 18 and years old. Yeah, mm. she's the Lord. She's the Lady of Winterfell, and he Why doesn't even realize it. Oh yeah, my he's god! Putting it out there. <laughs> doesn't even know who he's hitting on. <laughs> you got to shoot your shot. Yep. So he's—it's just funny because this whole encounter between him and Sir Roderick made me laugh because he's Sir Roderick's completely opposite of him. <laughs> um, but it's, there's a funny encounter between Sir Roderick and this young, overly confident singer. Um, Sir Roderick keeps basically shutting him down, and then this kid keeps firing back. So. <laughs> Um, so he goes, who was the finest singer you've ever heard? And Roderick, without fail, answers immediately, Alia of Bravos. And Merlin goes, oh, I'm much better than that old stick. If you have, if you have the silver for a song, I'll gladly show you. And then Roderick goes, I might have a copper or two, but I'd sooner toss it down a well than pay for your howling. Burn. So there's some some underlying, like, traditional values in Roderick. Like, he thinks young, healthy boys should have swords in their hands rather than harps, but he's just shooting them down. Oh, my God. But Merlion is unfazed. (laughs) He turns to Catelyn and goes, your grandfather has a sour nature. (laughs) Which is funny because he's supposed to be her father, not her grandfather. That's funny. Just hilarious. Um, so then, you know, Catelyn's smiling throughout this. This whole encounter just reminds her of her youth. She's having fun with it, so she keeps engaging him in conversation. Um, Marillion says he wanted to sing for her in homage to your beauty. In truth, I was made to sing for kings and high lords. So he's kind of bragging on himself, okay. but little does he know he's actually talking to a lady. Exactly. So Catelyn just goes along with it. She goes, I can see that. Lord Tully is fond of song, I hear. No doubt you've been to River Run. 
Marillion says he's been there hundreds of times. And of that course they keep, he has. Right, of course. Of course. And that they keep a chamber for him, and the young lord is like a brother. Oh, is she? Okay. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Probably not. Um, and then Catelyn asks if he's ever traveled north and been to Winterfell. Marillion uh, replies with, it's all blizzards and bearskins up north. Um, they're basically just saying that people up north don't have much use for song. All they think of is the howls of wolves in their songs up there. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> Not it's much like, else going on up there. So while they're having this conversation, they could actually hear their indoor open from outside, but no one really turns around to look. Um, and they heard a servant say that Sir Lannister needs a bed and a hot bath. So Ooh. immediately, dun, dun, dun. ears perk up, you know. Which one? Which Lannister? Yeah. <laughs> so immediately Catelyn and Sir Roderick look at each other. Oh, gods. As Catelyn <laughs> grabbed Sir Roderick's arm really tightly. Um, the innkeeper made her ugly smile as she apologized and said, to, I'm sorry, Lord Lannister, we're full for tonight. Um, and so four men actually entered with uh, whoever this Lannister is. Um, a night's watchman, two servants, and a small... And sure as life, man. Mm, who do we think it is? <laughs> and Tyrion says, it's fine. My men and I will sleep in the stables then as long as there isn't an abundance of fleas. Um, and the innkeeper was actually pretty upset that she couldn't get him a room. So she apologized profusely. And then Tyrion kind of does this <laughs> really... He just pulls out a coin from his purse, flips it over his hand, does a little trick with it. And he starts walking and he's like... Hmm, there's no rooms, huh? And is like kind of playing with the coin, and then a free rider volunteered and he goes, You can have my room, that's fine. <laughs> so, if you guys haven't caught on, Tyrion was the Lannister that yeah. came into the inn. Yeah. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So, he, he, uh, he goes, Smart man, and he flips him the coin, and the free rider quickly grabs the coin, and he goes, And agile, too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, Tyrion then goes, Will you be able to manage food? And the innkeeper said, Of course. Any and all things. Okay. So Catelyn thought uh, that he could choke on the food. That's what she was thinking. Like, yeah, get him food and he can choke on it. And then her mind kind of wanders from there and she thinks about Bran choking in his own blood. So she's starting to get angry. That's dark. So Tyrion found a table and ordered the same as everyone else was eating. Um, And Catelyn was relieved that it was pretty far away from them. Um, and that he hadn't looked at them at all because there were so many people there. And so Marillion kept up, uh, <laughs> this is just kind of funny. Marillion immediately spotted, uh, Tyrion and jumped up and ran over to him and was like, can't you play me, a- I can play you a song, <laughs> And he's, Tyrion kind of goes along with this for a little bit, um, and he's like, oh, well, what song? And he goes, oh, I could, I could play you the song of uh, your father beating so-and-so. And he's like, I'd rather... That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that would be horrible. Um, so as Tyrion's kind of looking around the room, he suddenly meets eyes with Catelyn. Uh-oh. Womp um, So she looked away, but it was just too late. Hmm. So maybe Sir Roderick was right? Yeah. A little bit, maybe. Just a little bit. Just maybe we should bit. listen to him. Yeah. Um, so he <laughs> Tyrion immediately goes, Lady Stark, I missed you in Winterfell. She knows she's caught. Mm. Yeah, got got. But what Catelyn. are the chances of like yeah. Yeah. yeah Tyrion being there? Right. Yeah. 
So the singer who was hitting on Catelyn gasped, uh, and the room went silent as Catelyn heard Roderick curse. He's like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the singer was kind of appalled because he was hitting on (laughs) Lady Winterfell. And the innkeeper was also, she was like, Lady Catelyn? Um, So Catelyn slowly stood up, and her heart began to beat out of her chest. Um, Catelyn searched the room for help between all the sworn swords and bannermen. Um, and then she looks at the innkeeper and she goes, I was Catelyn Tully the last time I was here. And then she immediately points to, um, <clears throat> this old man that was sitting in the corner wearing the sigil of Harrenhal. And she asked him fealty, asked him if he has fealty to which he stood and agreed that he has fealty to her father. Um, she then called upon the phrase that we talked about earlier that was sitting there <laughs> and asked for their fealty. Didn't you guys still have fealty or still bannermen to the Tullys? And they said yes. So Tyrion was very confused. Um, and he goes, he's like, this is not really necessary. Like, I get it. Like, wow, you guys have a lot of friends. Why, why are you doing this? And then Catelyn calls upon the Riverrun bannermen and says, do you have fealty to my father as well? So she's kind of calling out all these people all around the room around Tyrion and it's kind of making Tyrion a little uncomfortable I love the disconnect here because Tyrion's yeah. literally just there to have a drink right and, yeah and like, what are you Catelyn Stark is like <laughs> on a mission on a mission so there's two completely polarized mm-hmm. things happening here so it's that's a very good catch yeah. I like that a lot um, so after she calls upon the phrase and I'm going to read this directly from the book because this is perfect what she says She goes, this man came as a guest into my house and there conspired to murder my son, a boy of seven. She proclaimed to the room at large, pointing. Sir Roderick moved to her side, his sword in his hand. In the name of King Robert and the good lords you serve, I call upon you to seize him and help me return him to Winterfell to await the king's justice. She did not know what was more satisfying, the sound of a dozen swords drawn as one or the look on Tyrion Lannister's face. Uh, who could say it better than George R. R. Martin to finish that? Right. But, yeah. um, Poor Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. So He's Tyrion, not knowing what's happening, But that just do you blame Catelyn? No. No, no, no. 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 Yeah. She has no idea who this guy is except right. yeah. a Lannister. He's a Lannister. So. I think and a you had the, the dagger last. Right. Yeah. I tried to kill my son. Yeah. yeah. So our discussion questions that we have this week. Uh, the first one that we have is Catelyn suggested... Going to see her father and her sister for counsel. What do you think... uh, Why do you think she suggests this? I think because... I think just she has a lot going on. And she needs someone she trusts Mm -hmm. since her husband's away to give her some sort of counsel. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. She just... Yep. She hasn't dealt with this before. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to, like, word that. But she, like... She's trying to hunt this man that's mm-hmm. attempted to kill her son. Um, there's stuff going on with the Hand of the King that her husband is now investigating. And she has to go and run Winterfell all by herself. So Yeah. You es- know. Especially with her sister, too. Um, she wants to talk to her. Like, if things go south, she needs to know she has backup. Which I think yeah. is interesting because they we had just talked about the fact that she has been driven mad with grief mm-hmm. after John Aaron's death. So mm-hmm. why would you want to go see your crazy sister? I think they get answers. <laughs> Do you know what though. I'm saying? Yeah. Because I don't know if she would be much help. 
Well, I agree with Chris. I think it's to get answers. Yeah, I mean, Ned's doing the same thing here. That's true. Trying to find answers to Lord Aaron's. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. But I think that she's doing, like, looking out for counsel because the only person she had to talk to before was Ned. She can't really talk to Rob. Yeah. Because Rob doesn't know what he's doing here. Well, yeah, and Rob's (laughs) a little hothead right now. Yeah. Um, So I think that she just needs, yeah, some kind of counsel, and Roderick's kind of not really. Yeah. Clearly, she should have listened to Roderick about the inn, but not, you know. She doesn't really have anyone else to really talk to about these major things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good? Good. Mm-hmm. We're good. Um, second question is, how do you think Kat is feeling um, undercover at an inn where she visited often as a child? I can imagine she probably feels, like, almost sad, but yeah. not... You know what I mean? Like, she... Like, that was her home, and now she has to pretend that she's a stranger to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And so she's going there, like, remembering all these things, but she's still, to them, a stranger. So. And it's, like, so nostalgic for her, but she can't act, like, at home because she's trying to right, right. be undercover and protect herself. She has to keep it all in her head of what she's feeling. Yeah. Nostalgia. yeah. Because she probably has to act like she doesn't know who the person that keeps the inn is. Right. She doesn't know her way around. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She, she has to act she, like a complete stranger. Doesn't know that she has a bunch of sweets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet rolls in her pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honey cakes. Red, red yeah. Teeth and yeah. She's chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco. <laughs> tobacco. Um, what do you think the consequences of Catelyn seizing Tyrion will be, and what's her plan from here? What's your plan? I think it's more of a, uh, like a, like a fish shake. Like I will do this if you get in yeah. my way, mm-hmm. but I'm just getting you out of my way right now. Like, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of consequences because if she does that, then there's going to be major fighting with the Lannisters and the Starks. So it's more of a, just get out of my way kind of thing. Yeah. I was going to say, I think since he comes from a noble house, it's going to, there's going to be some sort of consequence, but at the same time. Uh, his whole family hates him because he's an imp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of consequences for it. Um, as for what her plans are from here, I think she's just trying to get answers. I think so, too. You yeah. know, I don't think she has a plan of what she wants to do with him. No. I think she's just trying to get answers for what happened to her family. I think that she acted very brashly here. I was going to say that. Oh, it was yeah. a very, oh, like, yeah. spontaneous very, And I, I think there will be some rather large consequences because even he is still Lannister. Yeah. So, But no one really cares about him from his family. Still Lannister, though. Yeah, but no one cares about him. <laughs> still Lannister, though. I feel like I know, but... Tyrion's dad's going to be like, well, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. like, what, what'd you do to yeah. get this to happen to yeah. you? <laughs> I think that there's there will be some consequences here. And I think that what I don't like about her doing this is that it speeds up the entire thing that's going on. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, puts a time limit on it. Yes. It was very impulsive. It was. Yes. Part, Ned's, sure. Ned's just trying to investigate and everything, and she's just like, I'm going to arrest a Lannister. Like, okay, well, it's like way too far, way too think, fast. What do you think Roderick was thinking when she did that? He's probably just going, oh, my <laughs> God. <Head> in hands. <laughs> SMH. Because, yeah. oh. <laughs> like, it says in the book, like, he, like, he gets by her side and he pulls his sword. Like, he knows what's about to go yeah. down. Like, when she starts listing off, like, their fealties. I so love, I love that Roderick can, like, read what Catelyn's thinking. Yeah. yeah. By the way she's saying things. Maybe that's why he cussed when he came in. He was like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> even, if he, even if he doesn't see us, she's yeah. still going to do something here. Yeah. It's, I'm just imagining he's, like... He's, like, thinking this is a bad decision or something. Oh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. what were you going to say? It's very, uh, you can see where uh, Sansa gets it from, though. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah. Like, Her impulsivity. It, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 
for sure. All right. Are we good on those? Well, make sure you guys mm -hmm. answer those questions, what you guys think. Um, our Tyrion tidbit for this week is, death is so final, yet life is full of possibilities. Couldn't be more true there, Tyrion. <laughs> all right. Make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. Um, on Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Our Facebook group is Game of Wines podcast. We are also on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Sansa Chapter 2, so make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening. Oh.